Small business owners seeking to expand often have a hard time getting loans because they don't know where to look or what the qualifications are. Students in the Indiana University Kelly School of Business are trying to solve that problem by providing the link between banks and small businesses. This is just one of the social entrepreneurship initiatives by students through the Kelly Institute for Social Impact. They created what they call the Hoosier Social Impact Fund, and their most recent project provides funding to a Habitat for Humanity project. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, and today on Noon Edition, we'll speak with guests from the Hoosier Social Impact Fund, Habitat for Humanity, and the Kelly Institute for Social Impact. And we we invite you to join the conversation after this hour's news. Production support comes from Smithville Communications, serving southern Indiana with fiber gigabit internet and digital IPTV. More information at smithville.net. And from School of Public Health Bloomington, Public Health Reimagined, addressing 21st century health challenges with a multidisciplinary approach to disease prevention, health promotion, and enhancing quality of life. publichealth.indiana.edu. Welcome to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg, editor of the Herald Times, along with co-host Mary Catherine Carmichael. Small business owners who want to expand often have a hard time getting loans for a variety of reasons. But students at the uh, Indiana University Kelly School of Business are trying to address this issue in a number of ways. We'll, talk, uh, we'll be talking today um, with some people from the Kelly School and with some folks from Habitat for Humanity uh, on the program, and we want you to join the discussion. If you can uh, give us a call at 855-0811 in Bloomington or 1-877-285-9348. Or you can join the live chat at WFIU.org slash Noon Edition. You can even follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. And if you do any of those things, you'll be talking with Kathleen Robbins, who's the co-director of the Kelly School of Business Institute for Social Impact, which oversees all of the social entrepreneurship programs. Carrie Thompson is the CEO of Habitat for Humanity of Monroe County. Hillary Nolting is a senior in the Kelly School of Business who is the Chief Strategy Officer of the Hoosier Social Impact Fund and has participated in several Habitat for Humanity builds. And Tracy Hodge is here. She is the recipient of the most recent house built with Habitat for Humanity. So welcome to all of you to the program. Thanks. Thanks, Thank Bob. You. Thanks. Nice, to, nice for you to be here. Nice for Carrie to be back with us. She's been here before. Yeah. And Mary Catherine, good to see you. Hey, Bob. Hey. So this is an interesting topic, I think. Uh, it's, you know, school of business kids all, don't always get a lot of um, love about their social entrepreneurship and their interest in Starting out on others. a warm and fuzzy uh, note for yeah. you folks. Well, <laughs> well I, think it's, I think it's fair to say they don't always get that love. But in fact, at the Kelly School, you've been doing things for a, a very long time to get students involved. We have, that's right. And actually, the Kelly Institute for Social Impact was founded in response to student demand for more activities along these lines. We were hearing dozens, even hundreds of students saying, you know, I really want to use my business skills to make a difference. And they were doing that through a number of different student organizations, and yet we're still looking for more. So the business school really decided that this would be an important growth initiative um, for us and founded the Institute for Social Impact to provide an avenue for students to really use those business skills that they're gaining in the class 
classroom to get out into the community, both locally and globally. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And that's Kathleen. So Kathleen, when did the Institute begin? And and uh, you know what are some of the programs that you have? Sure. Our very first activity started to take place in 2010. And um, the first thing we did was to hold a symposium where we invited a number of social entrepreneurs to campus just to talk about how they had used their business skills to start a business and a successful business at that, but one that kept in mind a social mission. And we had about 700 students show up to hear the symposium and really took that as a sign that the interest was indeed there. Um, so we started um, providing a few more activities through the years and really became a full-fledged institute and and entity um, back in 2012. So we're still relatively new, but have the great pleasure of working with hundreds of students every year who are interested in in getting involved. And Mm -hmm. Hillary's one of them. Yeah. So Hillary, talk about your experience. Um, So I've been involved with Kesey for a number of years as well, um, since about 2012 is when it was first getting started. I've done the alternative break program for numbers of years where we send students on trips domestically and abroad to fight social issues us students find important, um, in, in which we partner with Habitat, and we are sending a group to have on a Habitat build this year as well. Um, and I've also got involved in the Hoosier Social Impact Fund, which was a Kesey and a Kelly Business School um, kind of initiative together where we started in a classroom, and the class decided to make it a nonprofit where we wanted to use microfinance and fill that gap in the Bloomington community for fall small business lending. So, um, And it officially became a 501c3 in the past week, so we're making great progress. Mm-hmm. Congratulations on that. How does it work? Um, so it's a group of students, and we're running all the operations. And what we do is we go out and partner with organizations in the Bloomington community that deal with small businesses and we ask where can we fill a need and um, we recently got our first client who um, is a local craftsman and he needed a small business loan to just expand and um, so we searched for the capital and were able to grant him a small business loan and of about seven thousand dollars and he's making monthly payments now and um, as students we are also using consulting services where we learn things in the classroom and we take it to his business and to fight things that he might um, not know how to do or not have the resources to do himself. So are you getting all your, um, well, I know you're just getting started, but mm-hmm. do you think that are all your funding um, <clears throat> options will be look through local banking or are you going to do crowdfunding or is it just kind of take it as it comes? Yeah, it, it really is a take it as it comes. Um, we've been granted um, by very generous IU Credit Union um, a little bit of money, and we've gotten some money from other donors around the Bloomington community. So it really is where we see um, people who have interest and passion in microfinance um, in the small business community in Bloomington. Mm-hmm. Great. All right. If you want to join our conversation, please give us a call at 855-0811 in Bloomington or 1-877-285-9348 outside of the Bloomington area. You can also join the live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. Well, we have uh, representatives from Habitat in here, and I know that's been one of the projects that, that your students have been working on for several years. How many how many houses have you built with Habitat? Well, this is the fifth year for the annual on-campus build, and mm-hmm. that's the build in which our students are the most active, I would say. Mm-hmm. Um, during the course of about a 10-day blitz build, um, we have close to 400 volunteers who are taking place in this okay. particular build, and I've really enjoyed the chance to get to know Tracy this year and mm-hmm. always to work with Carrie and her team. Yeah, well, let's go to Carrie first. So Carrie from Habitat. Um, so what's it like to work with these students, and ha- where do you sort of place this relationship you know, in terms of habitat? 
This has become a, a key build for us here at Monroe County Habitat, Bob. Um, working with Kelly students is a great privilege. Anybody in the community who's out there listening who has had the opportunity to engage with Kelly students in the past know that uh, they are they're strong initiative, strong drive, and highly intelligent. And um, so we not only get the privilege of working with them on site, but um, it has opened some doors to new opportunities for Habitat. Um, we have engaged uh, numerous interns in our office, um, both in finance and um, in, in our ReStore program. Mm-hmm. Um, that have really helped us revolutionize how we um, how we do business, and um, it's important to realize that even when you're in um, in the business of making social impact, we have to be great stewards with mm-hmm. what we're entrusted with by our donors and by the community. And the Kelly students help us do that and help us get the most that we possibly can out of what we're given. Mm-hmm. Say a little more about that. How do they help you? Um, well, for instance. Um, at our restore, um, we had an intern that looked at our entire backroom process and um, the number of times we have to touch a, a couch, for instance, decreases the value that it is to us. Even if we have just volunteers touching it, we don't pay anybody. Um, if we have to move that couch six times before it ever gets out on the floor, it's a lot more merchandise that we're not getting to. And so we have um, we, we had an intern that looked at the entire processing from the time somebody calls in with a donation or drives up with a donation to when it gets out onto the merchandising floor and um, reduce the number of touches um, by 80%. Wow. So, we that helps us drive our profit at Restore, which directly impacts how much Restore can give back to Habitat. Um, our profit all is invested back into um, the homes that we build. And so, you know, just having a, a Kelly student who was gifted in um, process management helped us really re-envision how we could um, work our volunteer process and our backroom process there. Mm-hmm. Um, we also have um, interns who've helped us with bookkeeping and um, some process management at the office. Um, the, uh, so we've, we've had accounting students, MBA students um, in finance institutes, and um, then we also have had, um, had uh, students in supply chain management um, that have been really impactful in what we do. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so these are a whole lot of things that go on behind the scenes at Habitat. Uh, the the front part of your product is the homes that you build, and Tracy Hodges here. And Tracy, you're gonna have you gotten the new house yet? No, we're what? just finishing the build. So when's the dedication going to be? Tomorrow at 11:30. Tomorrow wow. at 11:30. <laughs> okay, so talk about the experience. Uh, give us sort of your story. You know, how did you get involved with Habitat? Well, as a lifelong Monroe County resident, uh, it's hard not to hear about Habitat and kind of know a little about it. Uh, but I've had some friends who got Habitat houses in the past, and it worked out well. And when I finally, excuse me, got to the point in my life where I was ready to take the step, I applied, and uh, we've been on the journey, and here Mm -hmm. we are about to have a house now. So when did the uh, journey begin for you? I applied um, November of last year, Mm -hmm. and we were accepted in January or February, Mm -hmm. and I started <clears throat> Sorry, <clears throat> working on my sweat equity hours because yes. every adult in the house has to do 250 hours of sweat equity. And 
I worked a lot in the restore and I worked on some other families builds and then on our house and uh, I think about July I got my lot offer they said took me to this lot and said would you like to live here and I said why yes (laughs) (laughs) and then they said well how about the whirlpool build and I am just beside myself Uh it's been such a privilege Mm -hmm. and you mentioned the whirlpool build that's whirlpool is a partner right Whirlpool is um, one of our top corporate partners nationally and internationally. They have been uh, donating a stove and refrigerator to every home in the United States, every Habitat home in the United States for the past 14 years, and have contributed over $80 million to Habitat for Humanity. Um, In addition to those stoves and refrigerators, they are involved in a number of local communities, primarily communities where they either have a plant or where their headquarters is in Benton Harbor, Michigan. Mm -hmm. Um, But their CEO, their former CFO and um, a lot of their executive leadership are all Kelly School graduates and they recruit a lot of Kelly School graduates and so um, this actually was the brainchild of the Whirlpool Corporation um, to build on the IU campus and partner with Kelly School students and um, it just happened to be a perfect match with what Kesey does and um, with some other um, initiatives over at Kelly and so they Kesey really has made our job of recruiting volunteers absolutely seamless. Mm-hmm. So Tracy, have you been building alongside Kelly School students? Oh yes, every day. Yeah. <laughs> they bring so much energy and they're just always ready to jump in and do whatever's asked of them and more. And it's been a really great experience getting to know some of them. There are a lot of smiles on the panel. I met, It sounds like you've formed some pretty strong relationships and bonds throughout this process. Oh yes, the, the good thing about Habitat is if you're involved with Habitat, it's because you want to be, mm-hmm. you know, and so that brings people with good hearts, mm-hmm. and it's really, it, it's a pleasure. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So how many volunteers did you say, 400? Uh, close to right? it. Mm-hmm. Close to 400 yeah. students, and, and how do you go about recruiting them? Is that... You know, it's actually easier than one might think because they're coming to us, banging down the door to ask how they and their group of of friends or or colleagues in a student organization can Mm -hmm. get involved. Um, Again, this is the fifth year for the build, and this year we had most of the slots filled with groups of student organizations before school even started because Uh the reputation of the build has really grown, and and student organizations knew that they wanted to get involved. It's a great team-building experience for students um, as well as just, you know, that importance of giving back that students are really looking for. Right. Hillary, you've done several of the builds. What's what's going to be, do you think, um, looking back on this when your Bloomington is in your rearview mirror, what do you think you're, you're going to remember about this experience? So I did. I worked on Tracy's house a couple times this year. I worked on the Blitz build a couple times last year, and I did um, a couple builds out on the south side of town. Um, and I personally love Habitat because of the tangible impact you can make in a short amount of time. You're there for four hours, and you frame you frame the outside walls and you put them up like it happens in the four hours that you're there and um, that that experience is unmatched by a lot of volunteer experiences but looking back I think leaving Bloomington in a better condition or personally than I think that I came in um, is something that's really special and something that personally I try to do in places that I live Um, and giving Tracy a home or giving someone else in Bloomington a home we're building her house, but she's going to make it a home, and that's a special thing to do. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's great. Yeah, so I, I want you to, to expand on that just a little bit, just in terms of, of 
your friends, you, your friends, the students that, that went to the Kelly School and said, what can we do? We want to have an impact. We want, to, we want to take our business skills and have more of a social impact on the community. I mean, talk about that sort of attitude among people your age. Um, yeah, I think um, people my age, that, that attitude is really prevalent. I think we've seen a lot of issues in the world, and we, we've grown up in an, a place in the world where social impact in volunteering has been stressed and has been um, a lot of corporations are moving to you know that triple double that triple bottom line and doing things like that so having social impact experience when you're in school is important and um, personally my friends have grown up in in people who go to higher education have been privileged individuals and so being able to um, being born in the situation that you're born in, you don't get to choose. So giving back to people who maybe weren't as fortunate as you were um, is important, and it um, creates a better future for the generations to come as well. And explain to people the triple bottom line. Oh, okay. Yeah, so corporations are looking not only at profit and at sales and all those kinds of things, but how they're making an impact on the environment. And a lot of them, a lot of corporations do environmental work. You know, how am I creating a better environment, but also some social impact um, initiatives. A company I worked for this summer does um, financial literacy. So um, making sure that young individuals have the right tools going forward with financial literacy. So corporations are tackling triple bottom lines in different ways, you know, with different different impacts, but all are quite focused on it, at least a lot of the corporations that come recruit at the business school. Mm-hmm. Okay. I, I've looked at a lot of information about Kesey this morning, and one the vision of the Institute for Social Impact was really interesting to me, and I'll, I'll read it, and you maybe can talk about the origins of it. But, you know, it says the vision is to build a community of courageous business leaders actively engaged in having a positive and sustainable impact on social and economic justice and global prosperity. So build it's an interesting vision to me, the idea of you want your organization to build courageous business leaders. So you're looking for for this leadership from from the business community in these issues of social impact and social justice and things like that. Absolutely. And we know that the hundreds of students who are involved in our activities, you know, chose business for a reason and they see that as their future. And certainly there are some students who come to us and are looking for a career in nonprofit management or international development or want to be a social entrepreneur and start their own company. But the vast majority of our students are really looking to thrive in a more traditional corporate setting. Like Hillary has accepted a tremendous job offer in public accounting, and and a number of our students are going into consulting, finance jobs, marketing and sales positions, Um, and yet they are eager to keep that desire to give back to whatever community they land in far past the time that they leave Bloomington. So we think it's really important to to empower students to realize that whether they're a student or a CEO of a business down the road, they can be involved through membership on a nonprofit board or through corporate volunteer efforts. There's a great story of um, a former student who is in Hillary's role as president of Alternative Break Program who met her now husband on a Habitat bill that her her office put on. So we love those stories of how students remain engaged in whatever community they're living in. Yeah, Carrie, I'm curious, have you heard from any other Habitats who said, hey, you know, we've got somebody here from the Kelly School who worked with you and now they're in our community making a difference? You know, we... We hear from we we hear from Kelly students more often that they have gone to other communities to make a difference, um, and um, 
while I do do some traveling throughout the country with Habitat, um, we are usually Habitat is engaged about every other year with other affiliates. Mm -hmm. um, we have a national conference. So, um, but we do have students that come back to us, um, especially those that have interned with us to tell us that um, how they're making a difference in their local community with Habitat and what they, what they have learned through Kesey making an impact later. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Well, you know, I always like to put these things in perspective. It seems like, I mean, we've been, um, Carrie, you've been at Habitat for how many years? 17 years. 17 years mm -hmm. in Bloomington. So, you know, we've seen a time when businesses got sort of too big. A lot of things happened to the economy. And I guess I wanted to ask you, you know, now, I mean, obviously the Kelly School has a program that's fantastic and doing all the right things. Um, has it always been that way in terms of working with students? Or have, or have you seen a dramatic change or a, a just a minor change or any change at all in working with students over the years? I guess it would be hard to um, to make a direct comparison, Bob, mm -hmm. because um, this Whirlpool build has given us such high visibility to mm -hmm. top-notch Kelly students that we didn't have before. Mm -hmm. And we've also, <laughs> frankly, lived through a period where um, paid internships um, for <laughs> Kelly students were almost non-existent. And so when we could offer even a, a minimum wage paid internship, we would get the top 10% students to come yeah. to us. Um, and so in, in some ways, the economic downturn was an advantage to us in terms of, of the quality and the caliber mm -hmm. of interns mm -hmm. that we were able to attract. Um, and really the visibility that Whirlpool has provided us, not only with the students, but with faculty and administration at IU has been tremendous. And um, so it's hard to make a direct comparison that's apples to apples. Yeah. Well, it's, it seems like it's a lot more organized at this point. Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. Okay. Um, so working with the students, side by side with the students, has been a good experience. I think, you know, every time I've talked to people who have gone through, um, you know, a build with Habitat, has been, you know, a good experience and just being on site. And there's a lot of value from those friendships. Do you expect to keep in touch with a lot of these students when you're done? Um, well, I hope to <laughs> form some connections and maybe see them, you know, in the community Hi, you know, and and they know where we're going to be. So I'm hoping that some of them will come by and even just knock on the door. Hi, you know, how's it going? And um, and see, and it's also nice for my son. He's 17, you know, thinking about college, you know, shortly. So it's been really nice to expose him to some of the the kids who aren't much older than him, but mm -hmm. you know, have kind of moved to that next step. So he's kind of, he's getting to talk to some people and, and it's benefiting him too. Yeah, I was gonna ask about your family. So you and your son? Mm -hmm. and Yes, the oh. two of us. All right. Uh -huh. So he's been putting in his sweat equity, too, I trust. He actually has, yes. <laughs> he's sure. been, he was out there all day a few days. So, uh -huh. yeah, he's been, he's been working right alongside, gaining some skills, and he actually, he's, I really like this stuff. So uh -huh. it's been a great benefit for him. Right. Okay. Well, we're going to take a short break. We're talking uh, with folks from the Kelly School of Business, the Institute for Social Impact, and also with... Carrie Thompson from Habitat for Humanity and uh, Tracy Hodge, who's getting a house tomorrow from Habitat. <laughs> so we will be right back after we take this short break. You're listening to Noon Edition. <clears throat> Thank you. 
This is Noon Edition on WFIU. Production support comes from Smithville. Information at smithville.net. And IU School of Public Health Bloomington. Online at publichealth.indiana.edu. WFIU News covers South Central Indiana and the state each day. You can read news throughout the day as it's posted on our website at WFIU.org. And you can pick up a digest of all the top stories. It's like a newspaper delivered to your inbox each afternoon. It's a free and easy way to stay on top of not only the headlines, but also the in-depth audio, video, and print news stories you can't get anywhere else. Subscribe right now at WFIU.org news. Welcome back to Noon Edition. I'm Bob Zaltzberg from the Herald Times along with Mary Catherine Carmichael. And we have uh, four guests with us in the studio today. Kathleen Robbins is the co-director of the Kelly School of Business Institute for Social Impact. Uh, Carrie Thompson is the CEO of Habitat for Humanity of Monroe County. Hillary Nolting is a senior in the Kelly School of Business who is the chief strategy officer for the Hoosier Social Impact Fund and has participated in several Habitat builds. And Tracy Hodge is here. She is the recipient of the most recent house built with Habitat for Humanity. So if you want to uh, join our program, you can call 855-0811 in Bloomington or 1-877-285-9348 outside the Bloomington area. You can also join the live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. And you can follow us on Twitter at Noon Edition. So we've talked, uh, you know, we've talked in generalities about Habitat, but, you know, there are a lot of specifics about how Habitat works. Uh, Tracy mentioned sweat equity is one part of it. I mean, this is not a giveaway um, program. So, uh, Tracy, talk about, you know, your responsibilities for getting a Habitat house and the fact that you are buying your house. You're not, it's not being given to you. Right, right. So to qualify to be a partner family with Habitat, you have to meet three basic uh, criteria. One is to show a need for housing. So in Monroe County, um, it can be overcrowding. It can be extreme unaffordability. Uh, it can be substandard living conditions. Um, th there's a variety of things that can look like. Um, another thing is the ability to pay. So um, I work a full-time job, and I make enough to pay a mortgage. Uh, it is an interest-free mortgage, and uh, the payments from that go back into the Habitat funds to then fund further houses. So it's a self-sustaining cycle that they've set up. Um, the other thing is the willingness to partner, which means um, as we talked about before, we do sweat equity hours. So it's not just sitting around waiting for somebody to build a house and say, here you go. You're out there hitting nails and, mm -hmm. and using putty and painting and doing all <laughs> kinds of good stuff. So uh, you work alongside the Habitat staff who are phenomenal and then the other volunteers in the community. Do you have any specialties when you're on the site? Oh, heavens. Well... <laughs> Carrie and I were just talking. I drive a nail much better than I caulk. <laughs> yeah, that's an acquired skill, certainly. But I would think that as a, going in as a new homeowner that you would feel um, uh, much more 
um, capable as as time goes on, you're going to go, oh, I know how to fix that because I've watched that being built. Exactly, yeah. You, you have a higher level of confidence. Right, yeah. yeah. I know now that I can do these things and I know where my studs are. And and also as part of the, the preparation to become a homeowner, uh, Habitat uh, has a series of classes that we go to. There's a series of money management classes mm-hmm. and there's indoor-outdoor maintenance and uh, some neighbor relations. Mm-hmm. So, so the whole process is completely demystified so you don't feel like there are any questions that are you go in with unanswered. Pardon me. Right, right. They really mm-hmm. try to set us up to be successful. Mm-hmm. Um, and then they're there to support us. So it's not just, uh, there you go. See, you know, have Good a nice luck life. to you. Yeah. yeah. Let us know how this works right. out for you. Yeah. Yeah. They're very supportive. And I yeah. think these are all lessons that would really translate to what you're doing through IU as well. Mm-hmm. So the whole idea of preparation to succeed at, at what you're mm-hmm. doing. So, mm-hmm. right. um, Carrie, how many, how many different homes have you built now? Habitat? Uh, Tracy is 152 in Monroe County. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of houses. It is a lot of houses. And, um, you know, that preparation process that she's talking about is critical. And I think those of us who buy houses conventionally, frankly, could use a lot of the classes that we really? give our homeowners. <laughs> yeah. I was just talking to a neighbor who had no idea that you had to change furnace filters. Oh, and, um, you know, th- this is something that we just do a walkthrough with our homeowners and show them where the furnace filter is. It's it's part of our class structure. We teach you how to patch a hole in the drywall. You know where your studs are. You're not afraid mm-hmm. to hang the picture on the wall and you know mm-hmm. where not to hang the picture because you've got plumbing or electrical mm-hmm. things back there. And um, so it's really, um, we, we, want to, um, we want to build a great community. We also want to build very confident homeowners who are going to take a lot of pride in their homes and know how to maintain them. This is a little off topic, but does Habitat strictly build new construction or do you ever go in and rehab an existing structure? That is a great question. And um, Habitat affiliates across the country operate in a, di- a bunch of different models. Our affiliate will be looking at doing rehabs in the next year and um, seeing if that's something that we want to um, take on the um, the housing market in Bloomington has changed pretty significantly, especially with um, the rise in these sort of um, mega complexes of student apartments where we used to not be able to afford some of the older homes in Bloomington because they were being rented out with three or four students in them. Now we think some of them might be coming available on the market where we could look at rehabbing them affordably. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And making really turning them back to single family homes, which was... Absolutely. That's that was part of the core fabric of our neighborhoods, um, you know, historically in Bloomington. And so our board's going to be um, taking a look at that in the next year and um, making a plan for whether or not that makes um, financial sense for us. Mm-hmm. Really exciting. Thank you. Great. Answer. So we're, we're talking with uh, Carrie Thompson from Habitat for Humanity uh, about some things here. But we also have uh, guests Kathleen Robbins from the Kelly School of Business Institute for Social Impact and Hillary Nolting. This uh, senior at the Kelly School, who's uh, the chief strategy officer of the Hoosier Social Impact Fund. And uh, I don't want to leave out Tracy Hodge, who's getting a Habitat house tomorrow, and she's been working on working on the Habitat house. So this is sort of a show that's 
part about habitat, but it's sort of a bigger topic about the what the the Kelly School has done in terms of um, social impact and and making sure that the students who go through the Kelly School uh, have plenty of opportunities to become engaged with the, commu- the the greater community and with social issues. So, um, Hillary, I wanted to ask you know about some of the things that you've done. I know we talked about and you know, we've talked about the the who's your social impact fund somewhat, but also your role with the Alternative Spring Break. You mentioned Mm -hmm. that before, too. Mm -hmm. Can you talk about that? Yeah. So I'm the president of the Alternative Break Program. And as a group, we send students on Thanksgiving, winter, and spring break um, all over the country and internationally to fight social issues that are our group has found important. So this year we've stressed a lot of homelessness and hunger issues, and then also internationally we're fighting a lot of um, social entrepreneurship. So partnering with groups that fight those issues, and one being Habitat. We have a group going um, this winter down at Birmingham, Alabama, to work with a Habitat group as well. So um, partnership with organizations all over the country and internationally as well. So what other organizations? Can you give us another example? Um, Global Entrepreneurship Corps. We're going to in Nicaragua, the Rich Mm -hmm. Coast Project in Costa Rica. We're going in spring break, which was also founded and is now operated by an ABP alum. So um, we have ABP alums doing great things all over the world as well. Okay. What, were you, what will your students be doing while they're down in Nicaragua? Um, for the Global, Global Entrepreneurship Corps, mm-hmm. um, they'll be working with small businesses in um, Nicaragua and to maybe work out some um, better business practices there. I think Kathleen can touch on that a little bit too. Sure. So. Um, for a couple of years, we've sent students um, through this organization, and like Hillary said, our students will be working with local entrepreneurs who are providing wellness products in rural communities. So that could include things like water filters, solar panels for clean energy, vegetable seeds to grow community gardens, and so on. So our students will be helping with sales and marketing tactics and business development skills to help those entrepreneurs kind of get their businesses off the ground. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So the Institute for Social Impact encourages students to do a number of things. This, again, comes from your your data. Uh, the top one is microfinance. The second one is social entrepreneurship, fair trade, and domestic and foreign aid. I want to talk about microfinance because I think that's a concept that, you know, a lot of people probably in, you know, a, an academic community understand what microfinance is, but maybe the, you know, the greater world isn't as familiar with that. So could one of the two of you explain mm-hmm. it? Microfinance is actually, like you said, kind of an ambiguous topic, and it means different things in different settings. So um, microfinance on an international scale can mean like $200 loans. And here uh, we know of um, CDFIs, which is community development funds, that give loans up to hundred grand. So it really is very different, and it, it kind of fills a need where traditional banks can't take on a loan. Um, reg- for reasons such as risk or just um, timing or the nature of the business. Um, so it fills needs where businesses just can't provide that funding. Any, anything you want to add? Sure. The concept became a bit more widely known um, about seven years ago or so when a man named Mohammed Yunus won the Nobel Peace Prize for his work with Grameen Bank in Bangladesh mm-hmm. and really kind of put this topic on the map for many of us, so to speak. And his bank, Grameen, um, worked with originally $27 loans in Bangladesh to um, help individuals climb out of poverty. And just like with Habitat's model, it's really considered to be a hand up, not a handout. So empowering individuals and 
collectives of individuals working in a business to really gain financial capital that they need to acquire inventory or acquire a, a storefront for their goods or whatever the case may be, mm-hmm. just to help people get that first step to get their business growing and succeeding. I know the concept has been uh, talked about in Bloomington for quite some time by the group Results, mm-hmm. which That's right. talks a lot about um, microfinance. And I know they've talked about you know groups where somebody, and maybe this, this is the $27 kind of loan where somebody can just buy have enough seeds to plant a garden and then sell from their garden and help sort of sustain a neighborhood or sustain their family. Um, mm-hmm. So it's the same kind of thing. Yeah. That's right. And we um, really enjoyed having Sam Daly-Harris, the founder of Results, as one of our speakers last fall. And that's just an example of the type of business leader that we try to introduce our students to, just again, to show how business skills are important in so many different ways. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Let's circle back around to the um, Hoosier Social Impact Fund for just a moment. Um, I'm excited about this. It's mm-hmm. As you said, it's a brand new 501c3, mm-hmm. correct? You yep. just went as through that whole yeah. approval process, yeah. which is a, a a lot of paperwork. So, it is. You know, that's, it is. That's a learning process in itself, it was. I'm sure. Yeah, definitely. I'm sure. So, okay, if I'm a local person, mm-hmm. I'm starting a business, um, I need some capital, how can you help me? Yeah. So, um, I would first advise you to go to our website, HoosierSIF.org, um, to learn more about our values, what we see as important, the um, things that we can offer you, and then there we have like contact information. Um, and then all of our applicants will go through a certain application process. We, Much like a traditional bank, um, we require certain um, financial documents, et cetera, that our students evaluate um, to see, you know, we have to go through certain things like banks do as well. Are we going to get paid back? This mm-hmm. is going to be a self-sustaining fund. So we, need, um, so we need our money to come back into a pool and do all that sort of thing. So we do require some sort of application process and approval process um, from our board of directors and our loan committee. Um, but then once you are accepted as a client and you receive your loan, um, we work with you to do consulting services. So. Um, do you need a new logo or do you not know how to market in the Bloomington community or are you part of the Bloomington Chamber of Commerce are um, things like that are there other organizations that you can partner with to get your product out on the market um, we would um, have groups of students um, evaluate those problems and approach them from a business standpoint um, as a learning process for the students in our organization so is your board of directors made up strictly of students or do you have local business people and do you hope to have clients then join the board at mm-hmm. some point. Talk a little bit yeah. about that. So we have an exec team that's completely made of, up of students, which is the operational team, I would say. Um, and then our board of directors is made up of some Kelly faculty and staff that helped us um, get the foundation, including Kathleen. And then we have some um, alumni who were part of HCIF last year and now have transitioned into the workforce. So they are on our board as well. And then we're looking to add some local Bloomington community leaders um, on our board as well as Bloomington is our market and we want their input in as they're more in tuned in the Bloomington community. I know a big part of <clears throat> charitable giving going forward is this concept of having the people um, who are recipients of the help then help the next people along. I know mm-hmm. Heifer International, if you know, mm-hmm. when you get given a, a farm animal, mm-hmm. um, if it's a cow, you're supposed to give your firstborn cow then to the mm-hmm. next family. Do you hope to incorporate any kind of uh, program or, or not program exactly, but that mm-hmm. aspect in, into your um, social impact? Plan? Yeah, so our all of our loans are self-sustaining. So when the, the client is paying them back, they're paying with interest. Um, so it all goes back into the operational fund that will further be loaned out to other clients. Um, and I think a, an important part 
of our organization is um, sharing your story as our clients. Um, like how have we helped you in other ways other than capital? Or what experience did you have from our organization that could help the next person? Mm-hmm. So I think that is a way in which our clients can engage with future clients as well. And, and tell us the website one more time. HoosierSIF.org. Okay, thanks. Yeah, and I know, you know, again, in the data that I was looking at this morning, it says that you offer two types of services, the scalable financial capital mm-hmm. as well as business support services. So mm-hmm. it's not all about the money. No. Right. And if if we feel that you might not be in a position currently to receive capital from us, um, we would more than <clears throat> likely um, and be more than willing to offer consulting services as well as um, maybe you just need some additional business training and something else or um, just a marketing something. So it's not all about the capital for our group as well. Now, you your first loan was $7,000. Mm-hmm. Is that correct? So mm-hmm. who did that go to? Um, I went to a local craftsman um, mm-hmm. here in the Bloomington community, a graduate of the Indian of Indiana University, Jacob School of Music, um, mm-hmm. and he just needed to expand his business and he needed a new piece of equipment and um, is, wasn't quite bank ready, and so that's where we filled that gap. Mm-hmm. So you, you loaned the money to him, mm-hmm. and then what kind of is it an interest free loan? Like it, it has some interest yes, attached. Yes, it, it does. It has okay. some interest attached to it. Um, and it, yeah, it's set up just like a traditional bank, um, mm-hmm. but we offer that additional guidance. Okay, good. Well, uh, we have about 10 minutes to go in the program, so we would like to hear from you if you're out there and want to talk to us about uh, what's going on with social entrepreneurship and a lot of other cool things on campus at the Kelly School. Give us a call at 855-0811 or 1-877-285-9348. And you can also join the live chat at wfiu.org slash noon edition. And also you can talk about the cool stuff going on at Habitat. Yeah. Absolutely. Right. Yeah. Right. Carrie, you know, I'm curious. We talked a little bit about existing structures, but um, honestly, as a lot of people age uh, uh, or even I guess it doesn't have everything to do with aging, but I know that the the um, prospect of a condominium becomes an attractive possibility. Are, is Habitat kind of embracing all possibilities at this point in uh, looking toward the future? We absolutely are, and actually we're building, um, they're not condominiums, but um, in our new development on the B-Line, we're going to be building um several attached single-family homes. And um, so this is... Is that um, like a duplex? Yes. It's it's like a twin home um, where you have a shared wall, um, and but each family has its own porch, its own, um, you know, its own driveway, et cetera, et cetera. Um, and they really live like single-family homes. In the Midwest, um, we are not accustomed to the concept of condominiums yet. And so we actually did um, a focus group study with um, some of our um, existing homeowners as well as some people on our wait list to see um how far we wanted to dip our toe into um, into this possibility. Multi-family housing concept. Right. Yeah. And um, in the Midwest, we still feel four walls of your own is a homeownership opportunity. Mm-hmm. This is this is sort of where our brains are. So our first um, our our first um, experience with attached housing is are going to be these um, attached single family units. Mm-hmm. Um, the B line was a, a good place to do that. Um, it's you know condensed urban form there, which is what the city wanted. Um, we we do hope that um, we can look further at those possibilities, especially if we come into some more um, downtown lots. And you're right. There is an aging population, mm-hmm. and um, 
people of all income levels age. <laughs> and, um, and, you know, people of higher income levels, even in the Midwest, are getting used to the concept of garden homes, condominiums, things like that. And so we think it's a really um, great opportunity at Habitat as well. And so we'll look at, um, at doing that in the future as well, possibly. I, Never a dull moment for you. Um, we are one of the most innovative affiliates in the country. And um, we really seek to, um, we say at Habitat that we are cooks, not bakers. So we're not looking for a recipe that's always going to work. We're really looking at the population population that we serve and the resources that we have and trying to, to match them the best we can. I like the simplicity of what you said that in the four walls of your own concept versus sounds like what you're doing now is three walls of your own. Correct. And one wall that's sort of three and shared. Half. Yeah. But a yard all of your own. Uh, the yard yeah. and, <laughs> we have a question on live chat and it says, is there anything the Kelly School can do to address the problem of predatory institutions that surround economically disadvantaged families? <laughs> so that's a great question. Thank you. You know, in the classroom, Kelly students are learning all about not only the nuts and bolts that go into, you know, a lending system and the business world, but they're also learning about ethical decision making and the morality of business, too. And I think that's always going to be tremendously important. And the Kelly School, even in recent years, has put a lot of resources into developing a mandatory ethics course that all students will be taking, which I think is a huge and very important step and just really speaks volumes to the values of the school to make sure that all students leave with um, with that type of, of knowledge and experience so that when, when or if they're faced with difficult decisions in the workplace, they have a strong foundation upon which to pull and I think that example of predatory lending is, is you know, certainly a practice that, that draws appropriately lots of criticism. And um, I, I think our Kelly students, in whatever sort of business role they'll be filling, will be leaders in, you know, appropriate lending and ethically responsible lending um, because they've learned about the dangers of, of other decisions that have been made in the past. Mm -hmm. um, and in last, last January, when H-Shift started um, in a classroom setting, we, we looked at different institutions and said, you know, why, why don't we want to be like that? Or what makes that predatory? And why do we want to be different? So um, as student leaders of HSIF, we've really looked into those issues and looked into what makes that predatory and why do we want to not be like that? And how can we ensure that our organization in the Bloomington community is not predatory to anyone in this community, as the Bloomington community is our home and um, is fortunate to keep Indiana University around for as long as it has been. So I, When I think about predatory lending, I think about... You you know, when when I was coming out of college years and years ago, all the credit card applications mm -hmm. I was getting in the mail from people that wanted me to sign up for a credit card. No, I, I had no money. I had no equity. I had no reason to have one. But it was like, oh, OK, I think I'll grab this credit card and start charging up a big bill. You know? mm -hmm. <laughs> Unfortunately, I think I'm still paying yeah. it off. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think an even more dangerous um, thing uh, to address this question um, for those living in poverty is access to immediate credit. Mm -hmm. And right. um, so you look at some of the payday lending institutions mm -hmm. out there, and if you actually run the numbers, you're getting a thousand percent interest, mm -hmm. a thousand percent interest. But that's the only way that lots of these families have of solving a quick 
emergency. Right. I have a new, I need a new tire or exactly. new set of tires. I yeah. have to have them tomorrow, Definitely. or else I can't, I can't get, get to work. my job. Right, right, right. And then and it's a cascading problem. And so um, I, I think there's definitely an opportunity in our community to do um, maybe some some emergency loans with a heart, um, where you probably couldn't do it without interest, but um, you could certainly do it for more affordable interest than a thousand percent. Does the trustee um, do that kind of thing only without the expectation of being repaid? That's correct. Um, and I'm not sure how significant those loans can be. And once their fund is, or I'm sorry, and they're not loans, they're grants. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and once the fund is depleted for the year, it's my understanding that it's gone. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So frequently so they So there would be it. an opportunity then for some smaller, again, kind of a micro loan, a short-term loan with a reasonable or no interest rate to keep people um, protected from the predatory lending practices Absolutely. that are right now the easiest and really only available option. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Okay, there you go, girls. You got your next project. <laughs> we just took care of that for you going forward. <laughs> you could go have the weekend, start thinking about it, let us know. How, well, I'll be back this time next listening. year. Yes. Yeah. You can tell us how it all turned out. <laughs> I want to ask Hillary uh, an, another question about uh, HCIF. I like the the yeah. Who's your social impact? We, yeah, fund. we like acronyms in the business group. Yes. Right, right. I know. I've been trying to keep up. I'm yeah, like, okay, um, all right, that's what that means. Okay. Right. <laughs> who's your social impact fund? So I, I like the fact, again, in the in the information I was reading this morning, I mean, we you think about this fund that's going to help a whole lot of people. But yet there's a sentence in here that says, in pursuit of its mission, um, the Hoosier Social Impact Fund strives to impact the lives of IU students, faculty, staff, and alumni. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's maybe a little counterintuitive. So this fund is set up to help have a, a, a significant effect on students, faculty, staff, and alumni, as well as the people that you're serving. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Could you explain Yeah, and I think that comes with when we get clients, you form this personal relationship with that client. So our first client, I had a great deal of insight and um, played a big role in that first loan. And me and the client are just very tightly wound now. We're very good. (laughs) We talk all the time. So I think it's that personal relationship that we form, but not only seeing that for those students that are going into lending or who are going into more finance and accounting roles to see that your business skills and your skills that you're learning inside the classroom can be used for this huge amount of good, and especially in the Bloomington community. And kind of like I touched on before, leaving the Bloomington community in a better place than when you got here and making an impact while you're here um, makes a difference and it makes a difference to this community and it should make a difference to you going forward and maybe into the communities that you're going to land in in the future. Mm -hmm. You know, I'm curious, do you survey business, incoming business students and ask them why they are pursuing the Kelly School? Why they want to get into business as a career? I think my colleagues who work in the undergraduate program office at Kelly have a lot of data that they just acquire from multiple, multiple conversations with incoming students. Um, Their staff members do a great job of really being actively engaged in the recruiting and admissions admissions process for students. And so they hear a lot about students' motivations for studying business and for doing that at the Kelly School Business at Indiana University. Oh, based on... um what we're learning today, I would I would assume it would be interesting to learn 
what percentage of them get into business because they want to help people. Mm -hmm. Right, right. You know, I think, well, I don't have a specific number on that. It's just amazing to look at the number of students who are active through our institute alone. Um, Every week we send out a newsletter to almost 4,000 people because they've expressed interest Mm -hmm. in in taking part in one or more of our programs. Um, You know, we... Out of how many Kelly um, students? Because that seems like a lot of people. It's a lot. There are about 5,000 undergrads, several hundred MBA students. That list also includes some alumni who. So that's a huge percentage. Percentage, absolutely, and the vast majority. Right, and to speak to Bob's opening comments, you know. for whatever reason, business students don't always have the best reputation with regard to their commitment to giving back to society. I think you just look at a statistic like that, and right away it, it negates mm-hmm. that stereotype. And yeah. you know, it's really it's such a privilege to get to work with business students who do have their hearts in the right place and are doing tremendous work mm-hmm. to make a difference. I want to give Tracy Hodge the last word today. So you <laughs> you you are you're going to be getting a new home tomorrow, a new habitat home, and I wanted to ask you, you know, just sort of describe your feelings about being able to get into a new house and also, you know, what Habitat and the students and the, the IU programs have sort of meant to you along this way. Uh, well, uh, like I said, it's been an amazing journey uh, to be able to finally have a place to call our home. I keep stressing to the students during our circle time that they signed up to help Habitat build a house, but they're building our home. And it's where we're going to make our memories. And my son's going to go to college and come back to this spot. So for them to want to take part in this, um, it, it's it's very moving, really. Mm-hmm. Um, and again, to be able to work alongside Habitat and their phenomenal staff is they're just so supportive and so knowledgeable. And with between the students and Habitat. It's it's like a little love fest. We're like all family now. So it's just it's been a wonderful experience and and it's really gonna mean a change of life for my son and myself. Mm-hmm. Very well said. I wanna thank Tracy Hodge for that. Thank you. Thank you. Also Hillary Nolting, Carrie Thompson and Kathleen Robbins for being here with us today. Producer Lacey Scarmana has been hard at work, as well as engineer Mike Pashkash. And for Mary Catherine Carmichael, I'm Bob Salzberg. Thanks for listening. Edition is a production of WFIU and the Herald Times. A podcast of this and other WFIU programs is available at WFIU.org. Production support comes from Smithville Communications, serving southern Indiana with fiber gigabit internet and digital IPTV. More information at smithville.net. And from School of Public Health Bloomington, Public Health Reimagined. Addressing 21st century health challenges with a multidisciplinary approach to disease prevention, health promotion, and enhancing quality of life. Publichealth.indiana.edu.